Welcome to She Is Your Neighbor, a show where we discuss the realities and complexities of domestic violence. This podcast is brought to you by Women's Crisis Services of Waterloo Region, a charitable organization in Ontario, Canada. I'm your host, Jenna Main. Join me as we talk to different people each week to learn how domestic violence impacts people from all walks of life. She is your neighbor, and we all have a role to play in ending domestic violence. This episode is called Using Music to Heal from Trauma and Abuse with Carlos Morgan. Carlos is a Canadian rhythm and blues singer. He won a Juno Award in 1997 for his R&B soul album called Feelin' Alright. He has new music coming out soon with references to past relationships and his experience with domestic violence. This episode is part of our six-episode Survivor series, which focuses on the experiences of survivors of domestic violence. In this episode, Carlos talks about experiencing domestic violence as a child and the impact this had on his life and future relationships. He also explains how his music has been an outlet for him to heal from trauma. It was great to get reconnected with Carlos for this episode. We actually met in 2018 when he performed at our annual fundraiser for Woman Abuse Prevention Month, which was a concert fundraiser that year. So it was nice to get connected again, and I was so grateful to learn more about his experience. Now, before we get started, I'd like to note that the following episode includes a discussion of domestic violence, abuse, and self-harm, which may be distressing or traumatic for some listeners. Please take care of yourself and don't hesitate to ask for help if you need it. I'd also like to thank Rogers for proudly sponsoring this Survivor Series. Hi, Carlos. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Jenna. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah. It's great to see you. So today we're going to talk a little bit about domestic violence. Again, really excited to have you here, a part of this conversation. Can you maybe just start by sharing a little bit about yourself? Born and raised in Toronto to Jamaican parents, raised in a two-parent home up until the age of 12. When my, and then my parents split up, um, have an older brother and older sister. Although my father had children outside, outside of uh, the home with other women. And the woman who raised me, which isn't my mother, um, my birth mother, whom I only met once uh, when I was nine years old. And I had siblings with my birth mother, whom, again, I've not met. All that to say is that I was raised in a home where there was a lot of violence, physical, verbal, mental, sexual. There was abandonment, neglect. So you know, the home I was raised in was volatile, hostile, violent. There were moments of quote-unquote love, but as a child, my experience was filled with a lot of pain and abuse. And even in my conception, based on what I was, uh, what my father had told me, there wasn't, I, I wasn't wanted. And so 
coming into the coming into this world and into the family that I came into and um being raised by my biological father but again his way of disciplining was beat first and maybe ask questions after um and then being raised with a woman who never showed or expressed any love to me formed and shaped my my childhood which moving into my young adulthood up to where I am now shaped a lot of my experiences in relationships so to go back yeah i saw a lot of abuse domestic abuse in my home my father beating on my stepmother and again my brother sister and i being the victims of abuse physical abuse verbal abuse mental abuse there was sexual abuse um and not just in the home but even amongst the church community that i attended in the church community that i was raised in so many of these experiences like as i said before shaped who i was and seeing how my father treated my stepmother quote unquote and seeing how he treated other women and women that he had other children with outside of the home you know the one thing i learned was that i did not want to be like my father however and unfortunately not having and seeing or being taught i had to teach myself i had to learn myself i had to raise myself and in teaching myself raising myself rearing myself i had some i went through some very painful experiences and another thing the one thing i ended up doing in my adult relationships was i would enter into relationships with women who were like my father cuz one of the things i learned through counseling was that i was attracting the same type of woman or the same energy one therapist that i was saw for a very long time and she opened my eyes to many many things through my years of therapy with her was she would always say to me that i'm trying to heal my brokenness and my trauma and my childhood wounds through the relationships that i would have and what i would do so i would stay in abusive relationships and on both sides verbal abuse for the most part at times it got physical and i'm the kind of person i put myself on blast um i put myself on blast in the way to say that i call myself out and hopefully that uh, and i do it for two reasons one may be selfish but i do it for two reasons because i've come to realize that when somebody speaks their truth their own truth when somebody else try to speak somebody else's truth they can manipulate it and make it any way they want it to be so i say to myself or and i speak out that yes that i i behaved in ways that i that i saw what i was taught what i learned but i realized that that's not who i am and that's not who i want to be but unfortunately in those experiences that there was where i was trying to resolve my pain and my brokenness in relationships and me staying in situations where i'm now being abused and then i get to a point and i'm the kind of person that and i've worked hard at this but there was for many years where i would engage in 
harsh, verbal, volatile, violent, verbal confrontations. And I, and I, and I, carry, I carry remorse and regret for that. So going back to my childhood, seeing how my father had hurt women, you know, my, again, my stepmother and even my birth mother. I just realized, I just found out maybe two years ago after I found out that my birth, I've been looking for my birth mother all my life and I just found out a couple of years ago that she died. So I've not had the chance to ever meet her. Oh, wow. And, um, Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. So as I was, um, finding out information about her, I, I, I found out some very disturbing news as to one of the reasons why she didn't want me. And a sister of mine went through the same experience. Her mother went through the same experience with our father. So all that to say is through everything that I've seen, everything that I've been through, ways that I was abusive, ways that I was treated, and ways that I had mistreated and or abused women, I continue to work on change and in hopes that speaking as openly, honestly, transparently, and truthfully, that my experience will hopefully be an inspiration, especially for men to change their behaviors and attitudes and realize that if there's something that they're doing that they're treating and or calling women out their name that they need to say, okay, this isn't, this isn't right. Two things. I am writing a course and I graduated with my master's degree last year in community music from Wilfrid Laurier University, Kitchener, Waterloo. And part of my thesis was on um, contemporary and commercial hip hop music, hip hop. Mm-hmm. And there are four elements on contemporary hip hop that I address. And two of those four deals with misogyny and sexism in contemporary commercial hip hop, how women are um, treated or viewed, portrayed in hip hop, and looking specifically at black women and how black women have been treated in hip-hop and, and hip-hop being a small example or a microcosm of a huge issue when it comes to abuse pertaining to black women i totally i completely recognize know and understand and realize that women of whatever racial background face this problem so i want to put that out there however on an, and on the other hand when i see how black women are portrayed in the media, how they're portrayed in various aspects of life, but specifically in what I'm doing in hip hop. And so one of the things that I address is, for example, when I hear how a lot of these hip hop call women out their name, and then they're being objectified, and in my opinion, disgusting, disgustingly portrayed I feel broken as a man seeing that my sisters are being portrayed in this way and against from from men. Mm-hmm. And I get offended. 
Um, and I look at that and say, okay, well, I don't want to, and I will not look at any woman in that way or call women out their name. In hip hop and how women are portrayed is one of the things that I address in my social justice hip hop program called Sound Perspectives. The second thing is I wrote a song called Where I've Been, Where I'm Going. That's going to be on my new album that I'm releasing in the fall. And in it, it's more, it's, it's an autobiography of the, of my life. Mm -hmm. And I address some of what I've been through and I'll share portions of the lyrics. Second verse goes, now, as I grew older, learning to become a man, I experienced pain that I couldn't understand. I was afraid to tell the truth and living responsible. Anger was the only way I knew to live my life. It was my survival. Now, Sarah, Sandy, Tracy, Karen, Charlotte, and Renee were some of the women that I hurt along the way. I thought valuing myself through sex that I thought was love. I believed that I loved them and that they loved me too. But love is not based on lies. It's based on truth. And so to every woman that I've hurt, I'm sorry. That are portions of the lyrics of the song. So the song is basically saying, this is the life that I came into. This is the world that I came into. The experiences that I've had, how it shaped me, naming some of the women that I mistreated and how I felt that even though they said they loved me, I was lied to. Mm -hmm. We were lying to each other. We were hurting each other. But I am taking and owning responsibility and accountability for my part by saying that I'm sorry and asking for forgiveness and striving to do better and how I could be a, an agent for change in this issue of domestic abuse towards women. Thank you so much for sharing that. I, I really appreciate hearing your journey. And I know it can be difficult to talk about this, but it sounds like you've done so much growing um, and learning on your own journey already. Um, and I know, so I know you would probably know from that, that it's empowering to talk about and it takes away some of the shame and stigma that's historically been associated with domestic violence. Like I think mm -hmm. the more we can actually talk about it and have these conversations, the more we can make change, like you're saying. And there's a lot of things you said there that stuck out to me, you know, starting with your childhood experience. Um, that was, that sounded very painful. And I appreciate you elaborating on that. You know, you said that you had to, you had to teach yourself how different ways of being, which is a lot of responsibility for a kid and for a person too. And then, you know, you made your way into music and you've been so successful and I know you described some of your relationships you went through there and how they weren't they weren't perfect, but you kind of learned on your way and you, you went to therapy. There was lots you did. And I loved you explaining about the thesis that you wrote and then also about your new song. I think it's really fascinating to see how you've brought this into your life and into your music and tied it all together. So I'm just wondering if you can kind of explain how you got to this place 
especially with your music and in your journey? Like, how did this kind of self-discovery come about? Um, it came about because I was feeling such dire pain and sadness and sorrow. At one point in 2005, I had contemplated and I was seeking to commit suicide. I was, I didn't want to live anymore. And if I didn't find ways to change how I was feeling and what I was doing, in 2005, I was like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to live anymore. And thank God I found support groups for addiction because my abuse that I had suffered and that was still plaguing me in 2005 and affecting me in 2005 had gotten so out of hand and I needed help. And then, so that was in 2005. Going back to 1994, I started going to support groups. And then one of the very first support groups I started attending was at a church in North York. And it was a support group was called um, Survivors of Dysfunctional Families. And then I went to another support group for um, Survivors of Incest. And then in the late 90s, I started going to Survivors for Codependency. Then I, between support groups that I started seeing one-on-one counseling. I was going two times a week for about three years. I'd go see my therapist two times a week. and. Then I stopped for a little while, then resume more counseling, stopping. And then in 2005, I started going to support groups for sex addiction, sex and love addiction. And I did that for two and a half years, six days a week, because the pain and my struggles with my self-esteem, my self-value, self-love. Like, for example, as I said before, I would get into toxic, abusive relationships. And mentally, I'd be like, I don't want to be here. I'm not good in this situation. We love each other, but we're not good together. And and I would always hear my therapist say to me, Carlos, what you're doing is you're getting into, you're leaving one toxic relationship and entering into another toxic relationship or abusive relationship because that's what you know. That's what you saw growing up and that's how you were treated. And then what you're trying to do is you're trying to resolve your childhood in these relationships and they're just not working because the women that you're in relationships with, they're all so broken and they're coming from their own toxic, abusive childhood. And whether they're aware of it or not, or they know or not, the both of you are now in this relationship that you're in and you're triggering each other. And now you're here to do the work and your partner's Maybe she is, maybe she isn't, but for you, Carlos, and so it's taken years. And again, I'm still in therapy. I still see a therapist twice a month because I still, thank God, I'm not where I used to be and I'm a lot older and I have a lot more wisdom and a lot more knowledge and I'm more mature. And I think for me, you know, I sometimes get to the point where it's like, okay, I've done all the work, but until my last breath, I think for all of us, work doesn't ever stop until we leave this world, until we leave this earth. And sometimes I get frustrated with myself. So, but however, my awareness is always, I want to be better. I want to do better. I, 
And if I start to feel myself going in that wrong toxic direction, I will just stop and I'll stop and I'll just sit. I won't do anything. I'll process what I'm feeling, process what I'm thinking about, um, you know, do whatever, just I'll do my best to be cognizant and aware just to stop so I don't go down that rabbit hole. So I use all these methods, if you will, to keep my awareness open and then look back at where I've been and no pun intended and where I'm going <laughs> and what I've done, what's been done to me, who I don't, who, who the person I want to be, the person I don't want to be anymore. I hope that answered your question. Yeah, that did. Thank you. I really appreciate you talking kind of about the cycle of abuse too and and how it impacted your relationships. Like you said, like it was a great explanation there of how you would enter these toxic relationships and it, you know, it, it was the both of you in it too. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't just you, it wasn't just her. You both kind of had a role. And I'm sure that took a long time to kind of unpack and figure out. But I so appreciate you saying it because I think it would give a lot of hope to anyone who's listening, who's been through something similar and, and is still figuring it out for themselves. It it sure does provide a lot of hope to know that you've gone through this and you've been able to kind of find your way through it and, and you still are. And I'm also just wondering, you know, it sounds like music has really been um, a big part of your life and kind of a, a way for creative expression and, and working through some of this. I wondered if you could touch on that a little bit more. Yeah, well, you know, the the one thing I give Jehovah thanks and praise for every day is the gift of music and for blessing me with the gift of music and the gift of voice, the gift of song, to write, the gift to express myself through music and through dance. And again, I've not always used music in positive ways. I, at one point, I used music as a means and a way to manipulate women. And I used it in a way to manipulate women because of my low self-esteem, because I thought music was the only way I would gain any kind of attention. Right? I didn't think that on my own merit as just a person that somebody would look at me and say, you know. And then even when women did look at me, there were women who just said, I don't care about Carlos Morgan, the singer, songwriter, dancer, and, you know, the famous car. I just, and I, I didn't get that because of my brokenness. I didn't, I didn't hear it. I didn't understand it. But all that to say, music has been the one source of love and feeling safe, feel a sense of belonging. And it has helped me through music, through prayer, through reading the Bible, through scripture, um, which I've slacked off a lot from lately, but getting back to, um, has helped me immensely. Um, again, not speaking to what, what anybody else believes or don't believe, but I believe in God. I believe in the scripture. I'm not ashamed to say that I believe in God. I believe in the Word of God. I have a lot of questions. Um, but that gift of music that God created and given to me and being able, and I could write songs about how I feel. And I find it very therapeutic. I write songs about, I've written songs about relationships ending. I've written songs about what the song I just shared with you. I've written songs about people coming together, about having faith 
using faith or whatever you believe in as a source to overcome trials and tribulations that we all go through in life. I've written songs about heartbreak um, when I'm going through a, a breaking up of a relationship. And these songs, the songs I've written, has helped me through. Like I've listened to many songs that other songwriters and singers have performed and written that have helped me through, but being able to do it myself is very cathartic. So I'm, I'm, I'm so eternally grateful to Jehovah God that I have that gift. And I hope that whatever songs that I write and I put out into the world, that whomever hear my voice and my lyrics and my words, they'll feel like, man, thank you, Carlos, because it, 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 it's, 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 it, they're using my song as a source to get them through their difficult time, or even if they're dealing with something with trauma. I wrote another song called Long Hard Road. And it's actually, it's one of my favorite songs I've ever written. And that's going to be on my next record. It's the country soul song. You know, it's got country elements in it. And chorus quickly goes, it's a long, hard road that we're all traveling on. A long, hard road. But each day I can be strong to face whatever comes and never give up while I carry my life's heavy load on this long, hard road. You know? One of the lyrics say, I have regret for the pain I caused and done. I have no excuse. So to everyone that I've treated wrong, please forgive me for hurting you. And I just, and, and I, I, I listen back as, as, as an objective listener. And, and I'm like, I, on one hand, I'm like, I feel proud of myself. And on the other hand, I'm like, I'm, I'm listening to myself and I'm feeling like, okay, I, I can keep going. You know, I have another song called Have a Little Faith. and like you know takes a little time to get back up um you know to love yourself inside and that's what we all need to do we got to start with loving ourselves inside you know and and there are many artists that inspire me to write this way you know donny hathaway and stevie wonder and marvin gay and and um barry white and, and lionel richie and diane carroll and Joni mitchell and there's certain songwriters that I listen to that inspire me to want to write songs about Bob Marley is another one about loving ourselves, loving each other. India Ari, another one. There's just so many that inspire me to want to write songs outside of the, you know, every day I love you, you broke my heart, leave me alone, let's be together, let's make love. You know, I want to write songs that speaks to the heart and soul and spirit of humanity. Um, and that's what music is. I, I, I'm telling, Jenna. I just, man, yeah. Music for me is like, it's everything, you know. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for sharing that. I think so many people can relate to that. I think music is so powerful. Yeah. And it's something we use. We have our two emergency shelters and we have a music therapy program. Wow. And it's the most popular program we have for women and kids. Yeah. They love it. And I think it's just a different way. You know, it's another alternative to talk therapy if that doesn't work for someone. It's just another way to express yourself and kind of explore what you're going through. So True. I can really understand what you're saying there. Um, and I really appreciate you elaborating on that. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for letting me share that. Oh, yeah. No, thank you. So one more question before we go. I'm wondering if you can talk a bit about how you think we can all be better neighbors to women, kids, men, to anyone experiencing domestic violence. Um, well, I think predominantly f for women is that women in so many ways 
women are stronger than men. That's what I, I believe that. So many ways women are stronger than men. Be all that to say is that when women are, or sorry, when women are going through um, domestic violence experiences, of course, we need to uh, show support, rally around, rally around women who are suffering. So for me, we need to rally around and take care of and support women who are facing domestic abuse. Whatever, if it's programs or, or whatever's created can be implemented and supported that can, one, eradicate domestic abuse. Two, there are resources for women and children to turn to that can heal, they can find healing, they can get on their feet, and they can turn to people and that can support them and help them move in a positive trajectory in their life, for their life, for their children. And, and again, you know, love and support. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm very outspoken when it comes to these things. And, and again, I think these are things that we can do to help women who are like the shelters, you know, definitely shelters and the way shelters that help and support women are helping them get back on their feet and giving them resources so they can be safe and take care of their children. Thank you so much, Carlos. You've really been an inspiration to talk to today. And I know that everyone listening to this will get a lot of hope out of it and will just be inspired by you. So thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. That wraps up this week's show, but the conversation is far from over. We want to hear what you think. Use the hashtag SheIsYourNeighbor on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, or Twitter and join in the conversation. We all have a role to play in ending domestic violence.